Welcome to Public Intellectual. Public Intellectual is a podcast supported solely by its listeners. So if you would like to become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash public intellectual. In America and in Europe, the left has a problem. Unable to control the rise of populism and the extreme right, the left has become powerless and ineffective, refusing to come up with any new ideas about how the world should be ordered other than protecting the status quo. Meanwhile, the left has also been caught up in a series of scandals. Prominent men in politics and journalism and activism have been accused of rape, harassment, and abuse. Women who have made these accusations have been told to shut up, that it is hurting the greater cause. Once we retake the politics and the culture, we will maybe get around to dealing with these accusations. And still these men complain of identity politics, complaining too much time is being taken up with concern about women and racial and religious minorities. Now is the time for solidarity, by which, of course, they mean solidarity behind the white male leaders. But here is a radical thought. Maybe one of the reasons the left is ineffective is because a movement cannot be led by hypocrites and abusers. Maybe the status quo is not worth defending. And maybe we'd attract more people to our cause if we actually cared about their and everyone's struggles. Things are particularly difficult in Poland right now, as it is through most of Central Europe. The rise of the right has included white nationalists and neo-Nazis, women's rights are almost non-existent, and protest and organization does little except slow the pace by which things get worse. I spoke with journalist and poet Dominika Deminska, who has left Poland for now to live in Berlin for reasons you will soon hear. We spoke about the men who rule the left, why the left has such a limited vision of the future, and why the future will almost necessarily have to come out of feminism. So you wrote a piece that went viral in Poland, and it's part of the um, Me Too movement that has gone international. So I was wondering if you could just give us a little background information on this piece and what the response to it was. Okay, so um, me and my friends, we decided to publish a text in which we accused two guys who are representatives of um, leftist environment in Poland Um, and we accused them of harassment, harassment in workplace, uh, at some point also date rape. Um, We decided to do this because we were really, uh, really couldn't uh, stand it anymore because, well, we are trying to fight for something, we are really trying to change something, but we realized that around us there's so much hypocrisy that we are basically supported in theory by liars who um, make sandwiches for female protests and take selfies to boost their public careers. But at the same time, they harass women, they are 
they treat them in an awful way and uh, well it's just too much and we just thought that maybe it's a good idea to give an example to show how it works and to reveal that to the broader public because it's not like that that it's not visible and people do not know everyone knows everyone sees that but still they see no problem in supporting um, people who harm other people and then just smile to a selfie and black protest why not and we just wanted to do something about that and well, of course, there are more people people who behave this way. Of course, there are. But, well, we just wanted to start from something. And, well, we took this quite brave, I think, decision because the secondary victimization was really... Well, it was really strong. It was really strong and the backlash was so strong that actually now I would say that we were punished more than the oppressors who, okay, they were expelled from work... But one of them is already, thanks to his colleagues, uh, he, has, he got some new job. <laughs> the other one also, the guys will never die, you know. <laughs> Jobs for the boys. Um, but, well, in my case, like I feel that I was banned from the media. Um, not in an official way, because there are some um, well, editorials that still support me. But, um, for example, my new book was published in November and there is almost no coverage. Like people are afraid to talk about me because they are waiting for the, for how it's, uh, for the solution. But what kind of solution can this problem have? Like it may go to court after the investigation because the prosecutor is on that, but it may not. Or if it, will go to court it may take 10 years so are we going to wait 10 years to uh well start reacting i would say i and my girls we didn't get much support and the saddest thing is that we didn't get much support from feminists and from the left also, because everything was very cool and the Me Too campaign was great until it didn't start to um, concern the colleagues. Yeah, it's amazing how similar this case is to cases in America where um, certain leftist men who are heralded as being feminist and as being really progressive and are very sort of vocal about being supportive of women. It turns out that they were raping women and punching them in the face when they were having sex with them and, and just sort of all sorts of horrific behavior. And, and, you know, and they would call themselves feminists and they would use that to sort of advance their careers. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, and also then the reaction, the lack of support from older feminists is also a problem in America and France and the UK. So it's like, it's playing out in the same pattern, which I find very interesting. Um, so when we talk about sort of, you know, um, uh, leftist men, um, and the hypocrisy of it, was this something that was, um, in Poland, like, 
um, you know, there was a list circulating in New York to sort of warn women uh, of who, which men were behaving in, in what, what, like what men you should avoid. But was there sort of like a, a awareness among the women of these are the men who are the problems within the movement? Well, in our case, one of them was, um, and it was pretty obvious, but still it's this case when everyone knows, but then they say when it gets viral, everyone says, whoa, I didn't notice that. Yeah. How? Come, didn't you notice? You just didn't want to notice. With the other guy, the problem was more complex because there are some people who knew something, but they didn't regard it as very serious because men just behave like that. <laughs> um, but actually, now we created a kind of support group, and um, there. Uh, there are other girls who are writing emails to us because in our text we also published an email to which uh, we asked the girls to send their stories, but we were just, they didn't let us talk. No, we were threatened. So we got many emails. It was very awful things. Some of them really, now we could realize that the guys that are now attacking us, that are signing some uh, open letters uh, to against the lynching against uh, um, um, trial without uh, you know um, against punishing people without trial presumption of innocence and so on the guys that were so strongly attacking us we got like emails about what they did for example with names mm-hmm. And it was so awful, really. And now there is also, um, just now it's uh, also happening in Poland. There are some younger girls, like 19 year old, um, as, and something similar happened to them, uh, also within leftist circles, some anti-fascist uh, committee. Um, and they also wanted it, uh, wanted to do something about that. And also they are afraid and they are threatened. Um, and they are looking for support, um, on our, our side and like we are providing it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, sort of support, support group. Uh, among us, uh, it exists. It exists, and we try to um, warn other women um, so that they knew who is the one to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if they didn't let us talk about it aloud, we are trying to whisper about it. <laughs> um, is and is the leftist movement in Poland? sort of mostly run by men, I would guess. Like in America, the socialist movement is almost entirely men. Like if you if you see pictures of meetings from socialist meetings, it's it's all dudes with mustaches. So um is there sort of are there top level or important um and influential women in the movement or is it a movement that is still sort of controlled by men? Mm, there are women, but the problem is I would not say that there is any top level of this movement. It's so minor. Like some people claim that now the prosecutor that is on our case is that they are going to, um, they do this just to get as much information about the left as possible and to destroy the left. There is not much to destroy. You're not that important. Like it's not important. And I also think that it is like that because how can you believe in something 
when you realize that those people do not live by the rules they try to impose or present as the, uh, you know, how it should be. Right. Yeah, I think there seems to be much more um, clarity and true belief on the right than there is on the left. Like, I, on the left, I see a lot of people who just want to be famous or just want to be important or a leader. And as far as what their ideas are of what the future could be or how we could politically move forward or anything like that, like I don't see on the left, particularly among men, any sort of real ideas or thinking. Yeah, or I also have this impression that they those ideas are just to write text to boost their ego. Yes. Only to... Like maybe not only, but it's not politics. It's just boosting your own ego. I don't say that the right is better in any way because, but I think the problem of ego is not so important there. Maybe I think they just really believe in what they say and it's easy and like sounds easy when you're conservative. I think it's very, like the world is simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe it works that way. Yeah. I I honestly think that women are the only possible future for the left it's because they when I meet women mean when I meet leftist women and I have conversations with them I feel like they have an idea of how the world could be better and I don't get that when when I talk to men and uh yeah I usually do not get to the point when when they say anything about the world getting better you know it's only what I did last week and what I'm planning <laughs> to write next week and yes I have yeah. a piece coming out next week it's going to be very important yes 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 I did an important thing that's, that's how we talk about it um so I just I don't know I mostly talk to women lately. <laughs> <laughs> um and is within the leftist movement as it exists in Poland, and we'll we'll talk about sort of um, the deficiencies of that in a minute, but uh, within the left as it exists, are women's rights um, taken seriously as um, something that needs to be fought against? Because I know um, in Poland there uh, is increasing... Um, pressure on reproductive rights and, and these sorts of things. Reproductive rights almost don't exist in Poland. Um, so is there a, an, an active part of the left that is fighting to change abortion laws? Yes, there is, but well, this fight is really tough because well, we have a very conservative government now. It has a lot of support on part of the society, like more than 50%. And this ruling party is like, it's kind of dictatorship, you know, that our public television, you cannot watch this. There's only lies. They, we have big protests against, um, tightening abortion law because now uh, there's so-called compromise. So this compromise is that you can't have abortion. You can have abortion only in three cases, in theory. Uh, when the fetus is seriously deformed, like it could leave, I don't know. 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, when the pregnancy poses a threat to women's life or when the um, pregnancy is a consequence of rape. But as far as I know, it's also very difficult to get abortion, even in those cases. And 
our government would like to cancel like also those free cases and make abortion illegal under any circumstances like in salvador or somewhere and as far as i know now it is like that that they um i don't know like when you have cancer they just don't give you medication because of the child for example and they check if you're pregnant every time before they uh, give you medication for example like that so even more conservative people who are against abortion in general go on the streets and protest against that because it's just inhuman. It's just inhuman. But we had a big protest because this issue comes back every now and then. You know, it comes back. They vote it, they, it disappears for some time, and then the bishops come up and they say, hello, government, you remember the church is the most important thing in this country? Please vote it one more time. And they do. So we get on the streets, like 50,000 people get on the streets, and they say, minor protest of some crazy witches. But they say that, and or they make interviews, um, and with some people who are just stressed in front of the camera and then they show it in public TV and, um, and well the idea is to show that those feminists do not know what they want and that they are crazy and stupid mm -hmm. um, so, and there is no media coverage for that so you feel completely hopeless and powerless and that's what they make you feel uh, so, well, there was this Black Friday on 23rd March and 55,000 people on the street in Warsaw because against because they were going to vote this um, anti-abortion law. But what they did, they just delayed it and now they are going to vote it in, I don't know, in April? Because that's what they do, like rats, they vote at night or they, or like Hitler. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just change the time, you know, something, they cause some confusion. Um, and people cannot have this energy forever. Like they get angry, but they won't get as angry the next day. Mm. I personally, I don't know. I do not believe that it will happen because well, some international organizations like you know, uh, they are writing letters to Poland, please don't do this, it's inhuman, it's against human rights. But actually, Polish government is proud of neglecting the European Union law. They are proud of it, we are so strong, we can do without them. What can you do without them? Like everything that was built in Poland in the past 10 years was thanks to the European Union. Like they treat European Union like a kind of ATM, but they completely disobey all the rules. Like, I don't know, they mind call, they say we have, the smog is a great problem, but they say that, okay, but when you use Polish coal, it's healthy because it's Polish, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that. Um, so how does one begin to organize against a government like that? And it's clearly becoming an increasing problem, um, you know, in Hungary and, and in Poland and uh, throughout Central Europe. Um, so how does one as a leftist begin to even think about how to counteract a government like that in such a widespread movement? And especially when so many like just flat out um, 
racists are feel free to just sort of declare their racism on the street like how do how do you how do you think about going against that i mean without falling into eternal despair basically yeah it's hard not to fall into eternal despair because well now i feel that like i feel like i know that's about 10% people left Poland because you just feel hopeless. And also what they do, they don't give you media coverage and they show you, you are not important. And also sometimes I try not to do this, but when I see some comments on the internet and these people write, like, you crazy leftist people, you extreme radical, we don't want you, we don't need you. And I think to myself, okay, maybe we just think that we will make things better, but why should we do this if those people don't want it? Like, okay, go and live in this country, you chose this government, and that's why I decided to leave Poland and move to Berlin, because I felt that maybe it's a better environment for me, because I cannot waste my breath and my whole energy on something that probably just doesn't want it why not go live in this country <laughs> yeah it seems like a real sort of self-destructive um nosedive in a lot of places i mean america has this too right like just a growing number of radical uh right-wing crazy people who just want everything to burn And it's really hard not to um, agree with it and just be like, yeah, let's <laughs> let's light the match because I don't know what else to do at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the despair can be a lot. Um, and it's interesting that, I mean, well, you know, here in Germany, obviously there are still um, uh, crazy right-wing parties that are sort of gaining strength and, It is interesting that it's taking hold in former communist parts of Germany um, and that it's the former communist uh, countries that are falling to this. Because, you know, it's like um, the, it's a problem of immigrants mostly, but it's funny that Polish people go to those racist marches here and they wave Polish flags together with Germans and they don't, don't think about themselves as immigrants. Right. <laughs> they, but actually, uh, mostly uh, the people who support AFD, um, this neo-Nazi party, yeah, uh, are those poor, um, like poor um, men in Eastern from Eastern uh, Germany who believe that Polish people took their <laughs> money. Yes, uh, and. Well, yes, it's a problem of immigrants, but it's not a problem also, but not only the problem of the terrorists, so-called terrorists, but also the problem of immigration, like Polish people, you know, <laughs> uh, who are the most uh, radical racists here, and we're very proud of that. Um, to, yeah, but in Germany, it's getting worse but it's still not that bad because we have to remember that here in germany the linke the leftist party and the greens have like 20 something percent of support and in poland is for example it doesn't exist at all like it doesn't exist 
there is no left um that counts how big is uh i mean so the right-wing government you said is over 50 percent, but are there sort of um the problem is there is no opposition there is no opposition there is some liberal opposition but it's so weak it's so weak and then with you just cannot count on this that they will go and vote something or there was some voting um but it was around christmas i think or some three days and they just didn't show up because i don't know then we were writing there was this campaign to write letters to the politicians of opposition why didn't you come to the voting <laughs> why didn't you come and vote Yeah, um, so I've been reading uh, this book, Returning to Rant, uh, the Didier, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Arabon. I have no idea, the French, I have no idea how to do French, but, um, uh, you know, he sort of tracks how his hometown went from um, uh, being very socialist and communist when he was growing up um, to voting for Le Pen in the last election, overwhelmingly. Um, and the sort of switch from far right, far left to far right and how the left has just, um, because there is no far left anymore, just dematerialized after, uh, the last 20 years or so. Um, but I think this is why I keep talking about this is, um, about the failures of the left be of being run by hypocrites and ambitious assholes, um, and, and having no real ideas because we've abandoned our position because, um, well, not all of us, we, but the people that are in charge of the movement, I think have abandoned their position. Yeah. Uh, ambitious assholes is exactly this, this expression. That <laughs> I said, well, I, I'm really surprised. I didn't know that it works like that also in other countries because I don't know it from the inside. I thought that it's a very Polish way of um, doing stuff. <laughs> no, it's really, it's interesting how it's sort of happening. Um, in very similar ways throughout the West, like throughout Europe and in the UK, obviously in the UK with the whole sort of Brexit thing and, and in America too, of just, um, there's the left has been so weakened and there's absolutely nothing to stop the kind of like fascist march. <laughs> um, because, but I think it's because, you know, so many of the men on the left and it is mostly men um, are working from ego And they don't care about women and they don't care about the minorities actually that they, they say to support, but it, it really is just this kind of artificial ambition. Yeah, just looks good and oh, we're so inclusive and so supportive and yeah, it looks cool. It's really a good idea. Maybe I would just get some, like what I said before that when you are a male feminist, it probably just makes it easier for you to abuse female feminists and other women. And probably feminists are cool because I don't know, they read books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what do you think an actual male feminist would look like? Because I think that about this all the time, because any man who says that he's a feminist, I immediately don't believe him. Like I'm immediately suspicious. Uh, yes, when I, I hear someone declaring, I, I, I ask, it, it is sort of suspicious, but I know a few men who could actually be, be considered as feminist. It's also a bit sad because some of them are maybe not conservative, but, um, 
well, not very politically oriented at all. <laughs> but they just have some sort of, you know, um, elementary culture. <laughs> they were just maybe learned, they just maybe learned it at home or something that you just respect people. I don't know, you don't touch them to show that you're in a position of power um, or you just don't do this. But also I know a few guys who, if if you ask, they would say they are feminists and they are. They just don't harass women. They do not tell sexist jokes. And they feel offended when someone offends a woman, a woman, you know, it's possible, but it's very rare. But I think that's a very low bar. <laughs> like that's just, I feel like that just gets them to qualify as being human. Feminist oh, to yeah, me would be course, like an like, elevated version of like, <laughs> um, some sort of enlightenment, uh, gender enlightenment. But yeah, whenever and whenever people sort of like, uh, whenever a man tells me that he's a feminist because he respects women, I was like, you should, you should be fucking respecting women all along. Like, what, why do you want a badge for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to congratulate exactly you for not raping somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that's where are, are we going to congratulate people on, on, on not being assholes? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so do you think, um, I mean, so you, you're ta you're having a case that's being sort of, um, brought into the justice system into, into a court case. Um, but obviously like that's the justice system is notoriously misogynistic. Um, yes, it's really also, well, it's really awful because how it looks like is, well, they, as if rape, for example, it's just something that it's a behavior of women. Like it depends on behavior of women. This is rape. It's not something that a man does. It's something that a man does. Right. Uh, yeah. And well, it's. I cannot say that it was that bad because, well, I was talking to the judge and to the to the police. No, because in Poland since 2014, in such cases, in cases of sexual violence, you just talk to the um, psychologist and to the judge. You say uh, you speak about it only once. You never go to court to speak about it uh, later. They just record it, and the lawyer of um, uh, the lawyer of the accused person cannot ask you questions. So it's not that bad. Only your lawyer go to go to court. You don't go there. You speak about it only once. And it's not that bad. It was not that bad. Okay, it's, of course, retraumatization. You have to, well, talk about that in details. They ask you all those questions. And what did you do? And why didn't you, I don't know what, run, leave your own flat? Why didn't you scream? Why didn't you go to the police? They ask you those questions. And they also show you that, I don't know, they don't understand, like, Okay, but really, I don't understand. That's what the judge told me, for example. I don't understand. You're not here to understand, I think. <laughs> um, but it, I can, well, I'm pretty strong and I knew that it cannot end up like that and I was ready for that. Um, so, well, I just survived that and I'm happy that it happened, you know, because, well, happy. <laughs> So happy, but I wanted to do something about it, and I knew what can, what the consequences can it bring about. Um, 
I would not say that it was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life because they are really trying to make it bearable. You know? so, yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. When you have a good lawyer and this lawyer prepares you to that and tells you how to speak to those people, but it's, you can survive that. You can survive that. It's not nice. <laughs> but when you have this feeling that uh, at least some justice may come about, it makes you at least feel a bit better. <laughs> and does there, is it, I mean, it's because it's very difficult to actually get a um, a a rapist, an accused rapist, to face any consequences in the legal system um, in America. Is it the same way in Poland? I mean, I imagine it's just um, the uh, the rates of actually the of finding justice would probably be difficult. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because they want proof. And what kind of proof can you have in cases of sexual violence that happens at home? Uh, you probably don't have. <laughs> you, even even if the accused person like, mm, well, just takes the blame, you, uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. They want proof. They want proof. But to be honest. To be honest, because in Poland you can go to jail from uh, 2 to 12 years for rape. Uh, and I think the problem is that for such crimes like, you know, date rape or... I don't, there is no legal way out of it. Because I don't believe, I don't feel it, that for the, someone could be go to jail for 12 years for date rape. No, but I think there should be some kind of punishment, and there is there there is no like there is nothing like that. I don't even I'm not sure if anyone should go to jail for um, I don't know harassment something like that. But actually, harassment it doesn't exist in Polish law. There is nothing like that. You can only go to the court of. Um, um, to the special court that takes uh, that, that takes the cases of uh, at, uh, that happen at workplace, so harassment can happen uh, according to the law can only happen in workplace. If it doesn't have it ha happens outside workplace, okay, sorry, but we have a problem here because we cannot punish a person for that. And also, there has to be a, a relation of power. So if um, I'm an employee and I harass my boss. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay. So that's also what the guy did in our case. That he said that it were uh, only private situations, only private life, and it didn't happen at workplace. So nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened. Like, because according to the Polish law, yeah. so actually you can harass women whenever you want. If you're outside the workplace, <laughs> I feel like in a lot of cases, what women are looking for is just, um, and maybe not in the violent cases, but in, in cases of like harassment and, and so on and so forth, um, especially sort of, um, especially when you're in a movement with somebody that you're, you think that you have a, um, 
sympathy with them. Like you, you both believe in the left, you both believe in a, in a, in a sort of political project and you have the same sort of values and ideals. And then you find yourself sort of violated by one of these people. Um, Sometimes I think that all women, uh, at least in my personal experience, want in, in some of these cases is for the man to just recognize that he did something wrong and to understand it and to apologize and to fucking change his behavior. Yes. <laughs> and instead you get like these crazy apologies. It's just like, I'm sorry if you feel, if you felt harassed, not I'm sorry oh, that I harassed if you. you get any apology. Yeah. Yeah. It's good if you have any apology or if, because I think that in most cases you just get backlash and you, they fight you and they say you're insane or mentally ill or that you, in my case, it was like that. This is the guy went to, um, um, he had a big interview, um, where he was discrediting me, saying that I'm mentally ill, which I'm not, that I was raped as a child, which I was not. Uh, and that I accuse everyone of everything. Okay. When I, as I'm in, uh, leftist and cultural environment since when I was 18 and I was always pretty attractive and I was going to parties, it's well, not such an unbelievable thing that people were harassing me. Yes, they were, and they were doing it. And I thought that it's normal because it was happening to me on daily basis. And I thought that this disrespect is like kind of compliment maybe. Right. We just cannot resist it, you know? That's what, how would they make it look like? But times were changing. It was changing. Like when I was 18, people who are now feminists were really behaving in a very sexist way, I would say. But they changed because they saw that you cannot behave like that anymore. <laughs> it's funny, but it's good that it happened. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, and it's annoying too because the stakes are so high politically. I mean, it's really, it's really, we should be working together and to find yourself constantly sort of sidelined and shunted out, you know, um, is really frustrating. And even in America where, you know, all the sort of really big name leftist guys um, sort of co-opt movements started by women, you know, like the, 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 the people, the men who, uh, have gotten the most sort of work and attention and money and that sort of stuff from the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, you know, it was, that movement was started by women. Um, but it's the men who sort of profited off of it. Um, and it, and it's the same thing with all the sort of leftist movements, um, in America, mostly started by women, co-opted and profited from by men. And you, and meanwhile, the world is burning. So I feel like they should just shut the fuck up and let us actually fix things rather than, you know, mm. issuing terrible apologies. Sorry. And it was a digression. <laughs> Yeah, but you're totally right, and uh, yeah, it's very sad that it all works like that. Also, and well, I was really hoping that it's only fucking Poland. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so do you feel do you feel optimistic in Berlin? Like, do you feel um like Berlin is um, I mean, Berlin is kind of a great place for the left, but uh, do you feel like uh, it's better organized here as far as more women having 
having power and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's Angela Merkel. She's so cute. I love her, really. She's like, <laughs> you know, she gets all those immigrants, all those refugees, then she almost gets attacked by an immigrant in front of Reichstag. And then someone says, Islam doesn't belong to Germany. And she says, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> Islam belongs to Germany. And it's so sweet, really. I think that also, it may be also about the um, fact that the woman is in church. And... But also, I think it's a wise society. I mean, kind of wise, but uh, still, they are well educated, and it's uh, well um, bigger possibility of meeting someone who is able to think <laughs> uh, here than anywhere else. But also, well, I also got to know some other parts of Germany, and you know, last week I was in Frankfurt. And I slept in a place where a guy had a Hitler on his wall. Oh my God. Yes, it's illegal. You cannot do this. Yeah. It's illegal in Sastika. It's <laughs> there. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so there are people who run from Bayern to Berlin because also it's very conservative. Um, so, yeah. Um, Berlin is not real Germany, but real Germany is still not that bad. Right. I would say. But here, well, I'm kind of, I'm not so new here, but kind of new. <laughs> um, and well, I used to interpret the problems here as luxus probleme, <laughs> but, um, as uh, this campaign against, um, because here, uh, when it comes to abortion here, abortion is illegal, even though everyone comes to Berlin to have an abortion. Sure. Yeah. Because these cases that, and that you are allowed to have an abortion are kind of broad. So you can just, you know, fit in one of them. But still, you have to meet the psychology. Still, uh, the uh, clinics cannot write about it. Um, um, that they just um, um, perform abortions. They mm -hmm. just cannot um, publish any information on that. They get punished for that. And also, uh, I heard it's, it's a broader problem when you get deep into it. Because they there are less and less doctors who are able to do this because they do not learn that uh, uh, during studies. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound so serious when you hear, oh, sorry, it's abortion is illegal, but you can have it. Like for me as a Polish woman, it sounds, you know, <laughs> but yeah. then when I look deeper into it, that, uh, it's also, it's not so safe because of that, that, and there are less and less people who can do this. And mm -hmm. yeah, it gets more serious, but still the movement, like the campaign doesn't sound so extremely serious, like it total abortion low, but still 10,000 people on eight March on the streets, you have them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, so because abortion is so hard to come by in Poland, um, where do people, where do women go? Like, are they able to sort of, um, come to Germany? They go to Berlin, they go to Prenzlau, they go to Slovakia and to Czech Republic. Here in Berlin, there is an um, organization um, run by Polish women. Not only Polish women. I also wanted to work with them, but I don't have time. I really started to do so many things at the same time. And then, yeah. It's called Ciocia Basia. And um, uh, Polish women write to them. They just say what's their situation. They need abortion. What we, um, what they, they just tell the story. And they can come and have an abortion uh, here. They are helped and supported by the women from the organization who do this for free completely. 
Um, and uh, they go together to the doctor, they translate from German to Polish and so on. Uh, if the girls, for example, don't have enough money, they try to get this money for them. So like GoFundMe or something like that. So, uh, or if it's impossible in Germany, they send them to Netherlands or Great Britain. Um, so yes, it is possible. There was a huge article about that um, um, some time ago. And the girls told me that before they were getting like one person a week and now like four people a week and it's getting uh, harder because everyone does it in free time, you know, it's completely unofficial and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so difficult. Um, yeah, I, I sort of, you know, they're, they're having the vote in Ireland to see if they're going to start allowing legal abortions in Ireland and, and the whole, the horror stories, which are very similar to Poland uh, of, um, a woman who had cancer, but was pregnant, wasn't allowed to start chemotherapy because, and then she died. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, yesterday I got the news from Poland that the 11-year-old girl gave birth to a child and the father was 14-year-old and he's her brother. Oh my god. This is Poland. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's what God wanted, you know? <laughs> yeah, the total blessing. It's such a blessing. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the only thing that, you know, one of the things that gives me hope um, on, on the left is the sort of mobilization of women helping women get abortions, weirdly. Um, you know, they're it's so hard to get an abortion in, in a lot of parts of America and people have started creating networks of at-home abortions um, by midwives and, and so on. And, you know, stories of trying to get women out of Ireland um, to get to England to have an abortion. So that's to me, like actually the hope of the left, like really practical ways of making people's lives better. Um, so yeah. Yeah, probably, and it's also cute that women are helping other women, and 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 uh, just they organize and they do stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do stuff. <laughs> yes. Forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.